what is the Catholic understanding of Halloween or All Hallows Eve? I think there's some confusion sometimes for some people. I think people get very carried away in thinking that it's much worse in terms of origin, mm -hmm. much darker and much more evil in origin than it actually is. And then I think it's because there are some people who have played into that, that some of those who would be on the more darker arts side of things, mm -hmm. uh, they've played into that too. And so they've made Halloween something that it never really was. I think it's kind of a balancing act. Like historically, there have been pagan festivals that Christians have baptized. Mm -hmm. That's, that is, that is history. Um, right. as, as places and cultures have been evangelized, some of their, their holidays have, have been, hang on a second, Duke, could you please not do that? <laughs> There's a dog in the office with us. <laughs> he's just making noise. Oh no, now he's going to start talking to you. No, he won't. I just no, heard a grunt. Be, but there's, so there's, there's historically as, as like evangelization has taken place, you have cultures and their festivals and their different celebrations that are, are then kind of baptized. And so Christian celebrations that are similar to, or that, that carry a similar theme, but now in a Christian context are, are often brought into that culture. This is, this is the truth. It's, it's not something that is hidden. Um, we don't pretend like this isn't like some people say, well, you know, Christmas was originally a pagan holiday and it was this celebration. Yeah, that's what everybody like, says. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. Mm -hmm. Christians haven't been out here pretending they, that they don't baptize other other cultures <laughs> or, or mm -hmm. other, other traditions, but that we say, this is how we're going to mark this, this particular day. As it happens, this is a way that we can evangelize. We can share something and say that actually this day that's important to you, it's important to us also for this reason. Mm -hmm. Now we want you to make this day important to you. It's part of evangelization. So it's part of in encountering a whole culture. Why was, why was Christmas moved from, I think the original was in like April or March? No, they, they, no? they say that, it, so the Annunciation is in March. Okay. Um, and they say that there's, there are some scholars who will maintain uh, a date for Christmas that is more in the springtime. Um, but there's also good reason to believe that it in fact was a winter holiday, that it, that it is something mm. that historically that it took place, the birth of Christ took place in the context of what we would in the mm -hmm. Northern hemisphere call winter. True. Right. One example that I heard was that it is the shortest time in the year. Um, so there's the littlest amount of daylight, but that's exactly when like the light came and broke through, through yeah, Jesus' no, exactly. incarnation, which exactly. makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, and, that's and actually kind of cool. The calendar, the winter solstice mm -hmm. is the shortest day of the year. Mm -hmm. And then every day after that, the light begins to grow. Mm -hmm. And they, if nothing else, the ancient world certainly understood the changing of seasons mm -hmm. and the way that, um, these kinds of events would happen so that they knew that there was a time when the day, when the darkness grew longer. And they also knew there was a time when the darkness grew shorter. Yeah. So, yeah. so what I'm thinking with this is in terms of how some people, like very faithful, devout people can have like an, I don't know if the right word is fascination with evil, like kind of giving it too much credit or like too much attention. Like, for example, we're doing the scrutinizers right now. So I'm getting to see how some people have different like approaches to spiritual warfare and mm -hmm. how the enemy works. And what's interesting about the scrutinizers, it is more to do with how the enemy affects you in ordinary life than it is about possessions. So do you want to talk about the screw tape letters or do you want to talk about Halloween? We could talk about both because <laughs> I feel because we're close to Halloween, but it's really making me think about this you know, the relationship that culture has with evil sure. or like different people on the extremes in the church world mm -hmm. who can approach it in different ways. So then what is, what is a proper way to approach discussions on evil? Um, but you also don't want to like, obviously negate that it exists. Well, no, that's a whole theological statement that we could really get into. <laughs> does, does evil in fact exist? Oh, so the classic, the classic way that St. Thomas Aquinas would talk about it and that other great theologians would, would say is uh, evil as, as a thing in itself does not exist. Evil is the privation of good. So evil is actually oh, the absence that's of good. something. Okay. So it's not actually a thing in itself. Oh, wow. Even, even Lucifer, 
the angel of light that rebels against God and is so cast out of heaven right. um, and becomes Satan and everything is is not evil in himself. He was made to be good. He was made he was made to be good, right? Yeah. And because of that, he's he is separate he has separated himself from goodness. Mm. But there would be some pretty significant theological uh theological debate about the idea that that evil exists in itself and uh right so thus, something that's thus far purely... all, all theology kind of comes down on the side of no it's the privation of good yes it's the absence of something good it's not it's not a thing it is the absence of a thing because then wouldn't that mean that there would be something equal to god's goodness correct. right exactly. and you can't have that because that's not correct mm. right wow. and this is why evil does not actually have the final victory no because goodness actually exists and goodness will always will always triumph god's goodness god's mercy will always have that that great victory that's really cool isn't it that is a really cool thing yeah. isn't that what they say about like colors something like this um <sighs> white is the absence of color and right. black is the presence of all colors yes I don't know. I don't know enough about art and color and things like that. I, I only wear black with a little tiny white. So like there's no, mm. yeah, for me, it's just all this darkness. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there was, there was someone that I, I had a discussion with and it was about a movie that we were going to watch. And she goes, oh, boy, I got to make sure I like I pray my rosaries all day in preparation for this movie. And it was nefarious. But it, okay. but it, it was, it was this highly like anxious, anticipatory. If I don't stay prayed up, I'm gonna get possessed by watching this movie. And I've heard some people kind of have that, especially towards some different forms of media, mm -hmm. whether it is like horrific or more thriller or more suspenseful. Um, so what is you know what is it? Here's a Christian call to approach these yeah. kinds of things. Because on my end, I'm like, I really like Harry Potter. Right. But. Yeah. Well, there's a tendency to go to, to be, you know, anything that is not explicitly Christian is therefore evil. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't really resonate. That doesn't really make much sense when we, when we just take the step back and kind of examine it. Because we know there's such a thing as natural goodness. Right. Right. So a, a human being who's never heard the gospel before can have a natural goodness. Mm -hmm. there, there's such a thing as a natural virtue. And even people who are not especially religious, who don't have much in the way of a relationship with God, they can still have and possess natural virtue by God's grace, by God's goodness. They just don't realize necessarily where it comes from. Right. They're good and they have the capacity to do good. And because they've learned to do good and they do it, and the more they do it, the the better their lives are th that natural virtue takes deeper and deeper root for them yeah if they are given the opportunity to encounter the gospel to meet jesus that natural virtue is is only going to serve them even more mm -hmm. because that natural virtue now touched by god's grace will just explode into something really good right um and i think that if we understand that that's true then not everything is going to be explicitly christian there are going to be certain things that are depictions of uh, of something that happens, uh, of the the absence of good. There are some things that will be a depiction in, mm -hmm. in art, in literature, in in cinema. Mm -hmm. However, we want to define mm -hmm. the various and sundry performing arts, visual arts, <laughs> yes, uh, written arts, whatever it is that we're talking about, literary arts. I think mm -hmm. that's the way to describe it. Um, whatever it is, there's going to be some stuff that's yeah, that actually might be kind of focused on things that are that are bad, um, focused on things that are violent and, and evil. Uh, for myself, for example, like I don't, I don't go in for horror movies ever. I can't, oh, yeah. I can't stand the genre. Me it, too. <laughs> and it's, but it's not because I think it's satanic or explicitly evil. You think it's some? I just don't like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan. And so, yeah, I agree. Like movies, especially movies about, uh, well, movies about the demonic, kind of creep me out. But part of the reason is because I know it's not just something that's meant to scare you. Yeah. Demons are real. Yeah. And so there's a healthy way to understand this, that, mm -hmm. that demon So We don't mess around with it. Like right. we, we don't pretend like it's, it's no big deal. Like it's nothing. It is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we must, we must needs pay attention to this. Oh, for right? sure. These things are, these things are real. For sure. Um, at the same time, those things that are real 
um, need not be a big intimidator for us. Because if we have that relationship with God, if we're, if we're walking with the Lord, then we know that whatever the darkness might be that's that's around us, we know who has the victory, mm -hmm. right? We know that it's Christ who has that ultimate final victory for eternity. Right. So what do we have to be afraid of? That's a good point. You know? But this also doesn't mean, hey, go to a psychic or to... Um, no, you should never do that. Yeah, never there, do those things. There are certain things that are explicitly like off the table right. because they are dangerous yes because you're opening a door spiritually that's that's very dangerous and so there's no reason to do that like if there's a big sign that says do not touch high voltage you will die <laughs> i'm not going to touch that thing <laughs> the church right? has I'm, said I'm what i'm going those things to be are. very careful because it says don't touch this is too dangerous right um but there are other things that like we can we can understand hey there's there's a safe way to experience this um, there, there is a way to understand something or to even like be exposed a little bit. It might be uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. it probably won't kill you. An example of this would be shark diving, shark diving, like, oh. you go in the cage and the sharks come up and swim next to you and everything. Like, you probably won't die. Right. But if a... you stick a limb outside of that cage, there's a chance you might die. Okay. When there's shark bait on TV. Don't you love it? Okay. So my feet any part of my body cannot be dangling off the couch to this day. Like I, my brain goes so. I know that Land Shark was a Saturday Night Live skit. It's not a real thing. <laughs> I like, didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, no, no, there's no I'm sharks not even... that like live under your couch. That are coming, that <laughs> That's are exactly what happens to me. I'm like, if my foot is sticking out or if my arm is sticking out, I just imagine a shark coming and grabbing oh my, my body part. And to this day, I am 33 and I still feel like this. And my <laughs> limbs have to be on the couch. Nothing can, my brain just goes in that direction. Or the, what's worse, or like if I'm in a pool, I'm in a super deep, like deep end. I'm like, Paula, control your imagination. You're in a pool. It's fine. Oh my <laughs> the way that I would just totally. That's, that's pretty wild. Yes, I know. I mean, I love it. But I know. I have wow. a very active imagination that needs to relax. The idea that like you're on but, land. Yes, inside, I know. I know. you're worried about a shark getting yes. you. Yes. That's an interesting thing. No, and I know it's not going to happen, but like my body gets like, I get shivers. I just, I, I just need to have everything protected. Okay. <laughs> it's a psychological thing. It's oh, it's, no, it definitely <laughs> is. Yeah. No, it's that. It's that. If nothing else, it's psychological. Uh, I mean, wow. <laughs> You learned something new today. Well, um, yeah. diagnosable too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of scary. A little bit. A little bit. It is. I think that what, what can happen often, when we're talking about like, all right, Halloween, how, how do we participate? What I always tell people is, is instead of uh, instead of dressing your kids up as the scariest thing possible, yeah. like the most violent thing possible or the um, the creepiest thing possible, like there's nothing wrong with kids dressing up as a, as a Disney character. There's nothing right. wrong with kids dressing up as their favorite movie character. There's nothing wrong with kids dressing up as uh, their favorite sports star or, or something like that. Like, in fact, people put on costumes all the time for all different reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's just meant to be fun. Right. There's, exactly. no, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing inherently evil about that. Right. Um, but if, if we're looking at Halloween as like spooky time, scary time, ghosts and demons and things like that, then, hey, maybe maybe we should pull back from that. Because, mm -hmm. in fact, the Christian celebration of All Hallows' Eve is actually all about driving away demons. Mm -hmm. um, it's all about invoking the saints to prepare for the, the great feast of all saints. And it's, it's about uh, recognizing that even in the darkness god triumphs mm -hmm. good triumphs over evil yeah mercy triumphs over sin uh, yeah and and so if, if we avoid things like you know, don't dress up as a devil don't dress up as you know this this scary thing um avoid even like the the really violent stuff mm -hmm. so people will get really concerned about like watching horror movies right um or reading harry potter um but will they have the same concern about movies that are violent well they have the same concern about some of the the humor that they that they do listen to yeah um in in popular culture even stuff that's like relatively benign mm -hmm. so if we're gonna if we're gonna do it like we should just cut ourselves off completely from any kind of technology right and have no access to any of it right 
or we can understand there's a there's a proper and a healthy way to engage with it that allows us to remain confident in our relationship with God mm -hmm. and to have healthy and appropriate boundaries. So like that big sign that says danger, do not touch high, right. extremely high voltage. If you touch this, you will die. Mm -hmm. And so we therefore don't touch it. We're respecting a healthy and necessary boundary. So things like what, Ouija boards, tarot cards, palm readers, psychics, those are off limits to Catholics. Oh, for sure. Any of the different occult practices are off limits. We cannot do it. Um, and we can't, we can't put our faith in those things. We can't trust in those things, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but like, okay, you, you just mentioned horoscopes, right? Right. Well, if you're reading the newspaper and there's horoscopes there and you happen to glance at a horoscope, you didn't commit a sin <laughs> no. by reading a, a horoscope. The, the sin is I consult my horoscope to help me determine how I should act today and, and the things that I ought to look for. And right. I believe my horse. That's when you're like, okay, you're, you're falling into a sin right. of, of presumption of pride of, of seeking out, uh, counsel from someplace other than the yeah. Holy Spirit, right. you know, that's what the issue is. Yeah. But I, I don't think that we really have that much to worry about for most of it, because most of it is is done like Harry Potter. Um, the, the only thing that the only caution that I, I have, have really heard that makes a lot of sense to me is th these are stories. Mm -hmm. and, and that's all that they are. But they do use language. Um, the the spells of these are rooted in Latin. If they're not actually proper Latin, it is a real language. And so we should be very careful about the kinds of things that we're saying when it's a real language that can actually be spoken mm -hmm. and that we know actually can affect things in the spiritual world. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like when I when I read the prayers in Latin, uh, they true. actually do things, right? Like right. if I if I use the uh, the right the old rite of blessing for holy water. Mm -hmm. um, that water is actually exorcised. That salt is actually exorcised. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. That's really cool. I love it. I think it's awesome. Right. But like the thing that I said in Latin actually happens. Mm -hmm. um, and so if there's if there's little spells in a Harry Potter book that are written in Latin, however flawed the conjugations or something might be, there could potentially be a real spiritual impact of those. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to be really careful that we understand the difference between a fictitious story mm -hmm. that is made up by an author who is simply using them as a literary device to to write a story mm -hmm. uh, and somebody who's actually encouraging the practice of witchcraft and demonology. Right. And the, the reality is, if you look at things like Harry Potter, it's not actually encouraging you to become a wizard. No. If anything, it's reminding you that you can't because you're a muggle. <laughs> I've read enough Harry Potter to know that that's what it's about. All right. It's an adolescent book of trying to find yourself in the world. Yeah. But in, in that case, then we also shouldn't read Tolkien. Because, right. Because Tolkien has a wizard and and the wizard casts spells. Right. Um, we shouldn't read C.S. Lewis Narnia. and the Chronicles of Narnia because there, there are spells that are, are spoken about. So this is where we have to say, no, it's not that this thing is evil, but hey, if as a result of this, you decide that you want to become a witch or a wizard, we might have a, a bit more of a problem that needs to be mm -hmm. examined. Okay, like yeah. let's not get into the practice of, of witchcraft just because of all that. Yeah. So what is your, what would you say to somebody who says that doing something on Halloween, it's like, some people will say, oh, well, this time has been dedicated to the enemy or something. And so really kind of have to like, well, I've heard different responses to people's experience of Halloween or their approach of Halloween, where like, you can't do anything on that day. Um, so as to not engage with evil. Entirely the opposite. Like, if this is a day that's that's somehow been dedicated to evil, why in the world would we step back and say, okay, it's all yours. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Right. That's that's the opposite of anything Christian, right? Like, yeah. what, what is the response to, to evil supposed to be? We fight with, we we fight fight with the with power the good. of good, right? Yeah. So far from saying we, we can't do anything that day. Um, because it kind of, for me, when I hear that, it kind of gives power to the enemy. Exactly. Rather than like, why am I going to put like it's causing fear in my own heart or other people as if the enemy has the last say, but she doesn't. It's one thing to say I, I should protect myself. I should be yes. on my guard. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, for sure. Like we, we should be on our guard about certain things. Right. Um, but 
being on guard about dangerous things is not the same thing as hiding mm. and letting something bad, something, you know, that's, that's far from God just take over. Right. You know, well, we, sh we shouldn't cower in fear. We don't need to. Right. One example is um, the Christmas tree, for example, mm -hmm. how like pagans use trees, like these kinds of particular trees to murder um, or sacrifice people. I am I right about that? Is that what it is? And then it had become like baptized to help explain the Trinity or like the evergreen as the ever presence of the triune God. I mean, I know that the Christmas tree has its origins in Germanic tribes. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what they use them for. Um, I, I don't know enough about it, but here's the thing. We have to remember that just because something has an origin, um, when it's been adopted for a, a particular purpose by Christians to do something else, then th the meaning of the symbol now has changed. Yes. Like the influence of Christianity has transformed the meaning of this thing that once was used for this. If I'm no longer like, if I have a Christmas tree, mm -hmm. then and I'm, I'm putting it up as a celebration of the birth of Christ to decorate mm -hmm. my home and to, to make a space for, for Jesus in my house. I'm no longer using the Christmas tree for that maybe more ancient symbol mm -hmm. or reason. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it for this reason. Right. Influenced by my faith in Jesus Christ. Right. That's what this is all about. If that's the case, then the, the old meaning of this symbol has no power mm -hmm. and can't. Would it be similar to how like sacraments, for example, how like they are different once, like water is not the same once it's exercised. It's now holy water. Mm -hmm. So this active participation in baptizing like creation or the good in culture, it's amazing how it happens, not just like, okay, on feast day, so to speak, but in like in like the natural as yeah. well. So there's there's a there's the reality that good things can be used for evil purposes. Yes. Right. Um, but then there's also the fact that there's a limit to what we can actually do, um, or or to to what is possible. So take take the Latin language as an example. Mm -hmm. Right. Latin existed before Christianity. As a language, Latin was already in use in the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. Latin was a language that developed by human beings. And guess what? The Latin language was used in pagan temple sacrifice. Yeah. They were using that language. That's a good point. Right? But if they were, they were using that language for, for their purpose, because it was a language that was also in use for Everything. other everyday yeah. purposes. Law, communication. Yeah. So too, it became a language that the church used. Mm-hmm. Right. common language. Right. There are people who speak English who use English for nefarious purposes. Mm -hmm. But are there Christians who are worshiping God using the English language? Yup. <laughs> Guess what? That happens in every single language. Yeah. People use their language sometimes. Some people choose to use that language for reasons that are less than holy. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that trying to use that language in a way that praises God is unholy because there are some who use it or who have used it historically in, in that right. way? So as if no. that's the default and that's the right. only way that it can be used. But, but if that were the case, though, you kind of have to go back to the beginning to Genesis where God created everything good. Right. Right. So the, 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 the human being having the capacity for speech and for language. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's how we're, that's how we're made. Right. right? Um, same thing. Like uh, Greg Vitara talked about this on his podcast recently, but he talked about yoga. Mm -hmm. there's, there's people who have serious problems with yoga. And I, I think some of those problems are, are very well founded, mm -hmm. right? Cause there are spiritual principles involved in yoga yeah. that are very contrary to the gospel, very contrary to a life lived with Christ. Right. This is right. this is simply a fact. There right. are spiritual principles that are attached to yoga that are very, very dangerous for a Christian. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't participate in that way. Mm -hmm. However, the exercises and everything that are used for some people say that, that some of those exercises are intrinsically positions. evil. That's a really difficult thing to say that the body Moving in a doing things way. that it, it can do because mm -hmm. the body is capable of, of stretch. I mean, my body's not capable of stretching and bending in certain <laughs> ways, but like theoretically the human body is capable of it these can. things. And 
how are we created? We're created in the image and likeness of God, and we're created good. And this body is created good. Yes. Uh, we are touched by original sin and concupiscence and all the effects of that, but the body is still good. And so to say that there's a certain posture or position that is a, inherently evil doesn't make sense because that actually means to reject the goodness of the body. Yeah, that's a good right? point. And so we can't actually say that. Right. But we can urge the urge the note of caution right. about certain practices. So again, all of this comes into like, let's just take the step back and, and think about this very reasonably and rationally, mm -hmm. that there are some things here that are definitely dangerous and inimical to the faith. Yes. And to being a good Christian, to walking with God, there are some things that are going to be obstacles to that. And we need to be very cautious of them. Mm -hmm. Anything having to do with demonic is dangerous and we should avoid it. Right. Right. Um, but even then, right, things having to do with the demonic are dangerous and we, and we should avoid them. Even the way that I said that, I said it the wrong way. So if there's a if there's oh. a book by an exorcist. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right. Like the lady. Like It's worthwhile for me to read that and to know is. something about the exorcist's experience. And what is it like? What is it to do spiritual warfare? Again, like. Even even saying, oh, it, because it's about the demonic, we have to be careful. Well, yeah, we have to be careful, but that doesn't mean that I should avoid learning and, right, and like, growing in my understanding, because right. actually that helps me to know better what the enemy is up to. Right. This is why the Screw Tape Letters is such a great book, mm -hmm. because the Screw Tape Letters. I mean, C.S. Lewis took a huge step and basically imagined himself. Yeah. I mean, not really himself, but like imagined the, the inner workings of the mind of a demon. Yeah that's that's huge it's incredible and not for nothing but he's pretty spot on when you look at the temptations that he's talking mm -hmm. about. and he's really only talking about temptation yeah um so he, he's more getting into the idea of of just a temptation to sin not so much possession no or, he's not demonic oppression or anything like that no. i mean as a, as an anglican i don't know that lewis would have had the same understanding of the way that spiritual warfare works that we right. might have as catholics but still he's getting into like here's how a demon typically tempts you here's right. here's what this might look like here's the type of sin that satan likes most often to make look really really attractive mm -hmm. and it's ordinary it's a lot of and ordinary that's stuff. and that's the thing it's like this thing is the ordinary ways in which you get pulled into cooperating with evil that's right. all it is so recognizing that there's that there are these realities that these things are present is actually a super important thing for christians and catholics to, yeah. to do we need to be aware of that at the same time, we can't let ourselves get so caught up in, in all this that we're constantly fearful because then actually the more fearful we are of this or, or the more hesitant we are, the more we are, the more we're kind of denying our, ourselves the opportunity to trust God's goodness yes. and God's presence. Right. Now, even as I say that, though, we've got to add the caveat that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be careful. Right, cautious. Uh, nor does it mean that it's it's bad to want to avoid certain things. Like if somebody doesn't want to observe Halloween, fine. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm okay with that. I, I really don't mind. I've I've seen what Halloween can be in some places. You know, like I, I've told you the story before. I think I had a baptism in New York City uh, several years back, and it was Halloween weekend. And someone came up to you? No, no. So I, I oh. got on, I got on, uh, I took the train into the city mm -hmm. and then the subway to the church where the baptism was, did the baptism, made a little celebration with the family at their apartment around mm -hmm. the corner. And then I walked back to the subway mm -hmm. and realized it was getting to be nighttime and it's Halloween weekend. It wasn't Halloween yet. Right. It was like the weekend of Halloween. Right. So I think it was a Friday or a Saturday. Um, and so all these people are coming out to go to parties and they're all in costumes. Oh yeah. So there I am on the subway in a priest costume because <laughs> that's what I wear all the time. And I'm, I'm looking at all these people who are wearing, who are wearing their different costumes and everything, but I saw some really vulgar yeah. religious costumes. Yeah. People getting on the train and things that were actually really offensive. Yeah. Like it was really offensive to see them dressed that way. And I yeah. don't think they, like they didn't realize that I was a, an actual priest. Yeah. So I was a dude in a costume because everybody else was wearing a costume. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was kind of a, an awkward moment. And I, I, I kind of felt that pressure, mm. like that spiritual pressure. It's mm -hmm. so like, I'm not saying that everything that happens on Halloween is a good thing. Agreed. Um, and I'm right. not saying that we should wave the Halloween flag as this is the greatest thing in the world. Right. But if we're going to like celebrate Halloween, do it as, as all saints day, yeah. do it as an all Hallows Eve, um, dress as a saint, dress as an angel, do something that reminds you of, of sanctifying the day and chasing away uh, the darkness and the evil and everything. Right. Um, 
or if if you don't want to dress up as a saint dress up as something that's that's neutral like like a potato a potato (laughs) why not uh dress up as yeah mr potato head um (laughs) my little pony uh any of the hasbro (laughs) toys really except for the ouija board which is actually a hasbro toy now too you know right right or mattel i'm not sure which it is but either way either one whatever they're selling it everywhere you know, if, if you dress up as a football player, a baseball player, like, fine, yeah. go for it. I'm, I'm like going favorite... to be a race car. Great. Do it. Like, that's, that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with that stuff. Right. And I, I dressed up as Superman, like every chance I got when I was a kid <laughs> to be for Halloween. Like that was my, that was my thing. Uh-huh. I loved it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's what nothing about, inherently evil in that. What about trick-or-treating? I don't really have an issue with trick-or-treating either. Again, what's the intention behind trick-or-treating? Now, again, we might look and say, well, the origins are this. Yeah, but is that why people are doing it today? No. The fact of the matter is Kids that, candy. that cultures and, and the reasons for doing things change over time. Mm-hmm. Like when you sneeze and somebody says, God bless you. Do you know why they say God bless you? Because your soul is going to leave your body. That and also the fear that it meant that you had the plague and you were about to die. That too. Right. <laughs> when you sneeze, do I think that you have the plague? No, I no longer think you have the plague. It has become a polite response. My motivation for saying God bless you is because I was taught to do that when somebody sneezes when Mm -hmm. I was a little child. I wasn't taught any of the origin story behind it. And so I didn't know any of that origin. So can I possibly- Your intention is to bless somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a perfectly fine and normal intention, right? Yeah, exactly. I went trick-or-treating. Did I know anything about the pagan origins of of, uh, Halloween or the the way that that trick-or-treating developed as a, a, I don't remember even like, all of that stuff. Did I have any any sense mm-hmm. of, of this being somehow rooted in evil? No. Yeah. No. And so am I doing something that's inherently evil in and, in and of itself because it's a, it's a pagan ritual practice? No. No. Again, now let's add the caveat. Right. Does the devil like to work through indifference? Yes. And And get at us through those places where we think, oh, it's perfectly harmless and it's fine and I don't have to have my, my guard up or anything. Yep, that can happen too. So again, especially as new age spiritualism is on the rise, mm-hmm. you know, what if like people start giving up, here's your crystal, here's this, like, it's just, I mean, that's also another, or another reality is Christianity, unfortunately, is declining in numbers. So is this new age spiritualism. Mm-hmm. And so there is something to be said about that as well. But still at the end of the day is how are we bringing the gospel into the world and not hiding from the world? Right. And, and then these... there's also the reminder of what are the practices that we have to mm-hmm. protect us from these kinds of things? Mm-hmm. Right? There's a reason that we say grace before we eat a meal. Um, it's both to give thanks to God for the blessing of a meal. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us this food. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. So grateful. Grub it up, dub. Thanks for the grub. Yay, God. You know, like we bless the meal. As Wait, a, as can you say of... that the next time you do a food blessing? Grub it, dub, dub. Thanks for the grub. You've never heard that? No. Oh my goodness. Isn't a, there's another one that I can't remember? Good God, something. Let us eat. Please. Oh, yeah. What is it? It's like good God, let's eat. Oh, that's it. There's something not good. There was something in the middle. Yeah. In any case, there's a reason that we bless food. It's okay. first of all, to give thanks to God for the gift of a meal, yeah. for the gift of what he has provided for us. Um, but in a secondary way, we also bless the food so that should anybody have done anything to our food, yes, any of that power might be removed by God's protecting grace, yeah. whether that's spiritual or physical, mm-hmm. right? Like that he would protect us from any evil that might have been spoken over this food, mm-hmm. um, but that he would also protect us from anything evil put into the food like right. like poison or something yeah right. we're like asking god's protection right. so saying grace is a is a very actually helpful thing and and i think a really good thing um so then how do you take like the way that american catholics celebrate halloween or all hallows eve compared to other parts of the world where there isn't like this in in, in the united states halloween is celebrated in a way that it is not celebrated anywhere else right um halloween has has like most holidays in the United States become almost entirely commercialized. For sure. Right. In um, like when I lived in, in Italy, Halloween, uh, if somebody dressed up in a costume, um, like boys dressed up as a ghost and girls dressed up as a witch, and that was the full extent of it. Isn't and, there like a, a bruja, like a day of, of witch in Italy? Uh, that's a but different thing. That's in January or something. No, so it's it's connected to Epiphany actually. Yes, that's what it is. Um, what is that? The Bafana, La Bafana. Yes. So the Bafana is um, 
the story, the, the tradition goes that the, the three wise men were on their way to look for the Christ child. And so they, they came to the Bafana, who was like a witch, a medicine woman, something like that. Oh. Um, and they came to her and asked for, for her guidance to know where to go. And she asked them to wait for her so they could come and they didn't wait. And so now she goes around searching for them so that she can like, cause she wants to find the Christ child also. Oh, so the Bafana is like a witch who wants like, to find like Jesus, the, the, like the way that Americans would think about a witch, like right. the warty nose and the big hat and right. the broomstick and everything. But the Bafana is not uh, an evil person. Okay. Like in, in Italian folklore, the Bafana is not inherently evil in okay. any way. Um, so there's, there's a big difference there. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, we might look at it culturally as Americans go, that looks like the same kind of, you know, evil stuff that we've, we've seen before. But in right. fact, for the Italian, the fun is kind of like a silly thing. Oh, um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, These different traditions like develop in different countries. Yeah. Ours is almost entirely secular, yes. almost entirely uh, commercialized. Right. And there is a, a massive industry around making Halloween costumes, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and increasingly what do we see like the, the halloween costumes are more and more vulgar no they're um, very gory i walked into party city the yeah. other day gory or very pornographic yeah pretty much you know, literally like that's that's kind of the way that, that halloween has has gone for us yeah again which which tells you there could for sure be evil influences that are present yes in that mm -hmm. um but certainly not the kinds of things that like we have to give into mm -hmm. we have the ability to observe halloween as all hallows eve we have the ability to try to recover something of, of actually how this all developed and, and what this all right. really looked like or, or could look like right. we have the possibility to dream of something being different mm -hmm. and i don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to change something that we see as broken mm -hmm. so rather than running away and hiding um or refusing to participate in certain things, I would rather say, let's, let's try to influence something. If it is something that you feel that you can't participate in, then I don't think there's anything wrong with opting out. Mm -hmm. I don't have any issue with somebody saying, I don't want to dress up in a Halloween costume. I don't want to go to a Halloween party. I don't want to watch a horror movie. I also don't want to watch a horror movie. <laughs> I don't want to watch a horror movie. So I'm good with it. It doesn't bother me at all. No. Um, something that I, I have been disturbed by is when you've seen people who are like encouraging people to wear whatever their halloween costume is to church to mass um, um, there have been some pretty infamous videos of, of mass being celebrated um, while people are dressed in whatever costume they can they can come up with including devil horns no way um, yeah and it's it's super inappropriate it's not oh. it's not the right way to approach the holy sacrifice of the mass no it is not um, but i'll tell you what if a kid wants to dress up as a priest for Halloween. Oh heck yeah. I'm not gonna stand in his way. <laughs> I think that's I think that's awesome. You wanna be a friar? For yeah. sure. We got you. Let's let's do it. I th I think I think that's great. Well, do you know what you're dressing up as for trunk or treat? Well, so I know I said gory is something that we might want to avoid. And I'm I've You're gonna dress up as a martyr? Yeah, I'm gonna dress up as Isaac Jokes. Is that the one who got his head scalped? Yeah, so we actually celebrate Isaac Jokes this week. <laughs> um Isaac Jokes was uh was martyred by the uh Mohawk the no. Iroquois. Iroquois. The Iroquois, I believe it, the Iroquois in upstate New York, and uh, also had his fingers, uh, his, his, right, his he index could, he fingers and his thumbs chewed off by weasels. They stuck his hand in a cage and no like, fed his hands way. to weasels, yeah. And didn't so, he leave and then come back? Yeah, so he, he left, um, he was he was rescued from uh, from the Iroquois and sent back to, to France. And he went to the Pope and asked for permission to continue celebrating Mass. The Pope embraced him and called him a living martyr because of the tortures that he had endured already. Yeah. And he basically fought his way back to the New World, got back on a boat, came over, went straight back to the very tribes that he had been trying to evangelize before and continued right. proclaiming the gospel to him. Right. Um, and he was once again captive and then eventually uh, tomahawked to death. What a way yeah. to go. But it's really interesting because if you look at like those Jesuit martyrs um, and, yeah. and those missionaries who came, uh, they wrote, they wrote the Iroquois language. No way. Uh, so the language was already spoken, but they had, really? they had no writing. And so these guys developed the alphabet for them. Wow. Uh, and, and developed and the same thing, uh, go out West and like the Navajo, um, 
and any of these any of the written languages for a lot of the tribes the languages were written by the wow. missionaries who went to them and met them wow um, and the jesuits in particular were really good at going and learning the language writing it down and then sending the language back so That's in the form incredible. of like dictionaries and lexicons and everything they would send it back and yeah. so teach the grammar and the accent and the speaking of, of the language so that right. when somebody arrived as a missionary they might already have at least some semblance of, of the language wow. but they would go and they would just go to these places and keep in mind totally unknown right. having absolutely no idea where they were going or, or who these people were they would go to them and communicate through sign language mm -hmm. and then just stay with them until they learned the language i mean even to the point about like going in and baptizing stuff like these missionaries would go into cultures that were so foreign to them seeking to bring the gospel but using what they knew what they had in order to still communicate jesus to them yeah. like in a way that they would understand in a way that they would receive so <clears throat> so essentially god is good we are good, but people have distorted good for evil purposes. So we need to be cautious mm -hmm. of that. But also at the end of the day, it's Jesus who has the victory over death and over evil. Mm -hmm. You know, evil is not equal to God. God is God. God is sovereign. He is omnipotent. And that is the peace that God is offering to us. I guess even when we do look at evil in the world and the things that are happening is there's something there is okay like i mean it is really disturbing to hear about all the stuff that is happening you know over in israel and palestine and other parts of the world that is also suffering um so in one way it's the gospel is still called to enter into those places and at the same time for the christian is the hope that jesus is still victorious even in the face of like the greatest atrocities yeah exactly another piece of this is so there's the preparation to go into difficult situations mm -hmm. so like you're talking about your friend like i gotta i gotta pray my rosary before i watch this yeah if that's what you need if that's the kind of preparation that you need mm -hmm. to feel like spiritually prepared to enter into something that might be challenging or difficult mm -hmm. then do it yeah uh, there's a reason that uh for example at some of the big conferences when somebody's giving a talk they also ask people to pray for them at the time that they're giving that's the true. talk exactly please pray for yeah. me because i know that this is a time when um, I'm likely to be under attack or mm -hmm. when I'm, I'm likely to be, mm -hmm. you know, maybe tempted or, or struggling or something. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, with asking for prayer. There's nothing wrong with praying in preparation for things. Mm -hmm. And there's also nothing wrong with praying after the fact. Right. So what you'll often find, um, when I went to the uh, JP2 Healing Center retreat for priests a couple years ago, after some of the exercises, some of the discussions that we'd have, we'd also pray like a prayer of protection and cleansing mm -hmm. of like asking God to take from us anything that we might have uh, taken on right. in that moment, um, you know, kind of putting ourselves in, in different places, um, uh, imagining different things to say like, all right, Lord, take this, anything that I, I may be holding on to after mm -hmm. this exercise mm -hmm. or, or any, any wrong sense of my own identity, right. I offer it to you. Um, Lord, protect us from any evil that we've um, unknowingly exposed ourselves to, right. if, if that happened. Yeah. Um, and also, Lord, help us to leave behind any wounds that we've, um, that we've uncovered and let them be healed. And so it was, this, it was actually this really beautiful yeah. exercise of at the end of something that could have been potentially very challenging to just invite God into that moment again to like give us his healing. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing that we can do. And, and this is the thing that I think we have to keep so carefully in mind. There's nothing, there's nothing out there that's so threatening that we can't turn to the Lord with confidence that he's going to have the victory. He, that's how the martyrs entered into this thing. Exactly. It's the most horrific thing is happening to them. And yet they walked in with such confidence. Right. We don't have to be afraid of all that extra stuff that's out there. Right. It doesn't mean we should go looking for it. No, of course. Like, come at me, devil. No. Yeah. No, no, no. That That's not it at all. I mean, even the Latin patriarch right now and him being, him Latin requesting. Latin patriarch is doing something super courageous right now. Super heroic. But folks, just in case you don't know, uh, the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal Pier Battista pizza bala i know what a what he a has, baller last name <laughs> he has the greatest name in the entire college of cardinals oh really this is like truly the greatest name the he's a pizza baller yeah 
care about these the pizza bala and like it's just yeah. a fantastic name mm -hmm. i think the only one who ever um could hold a candle to that was cardinal jaime sin of manila in the philippines jaime sin sin oh. his, 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 name was, his last name was sin his name was cardinal sin greatest virtue exactly. virtue so Car cardinal sin right? oh my you gosh want, you want a cool story though so cardinal sin was sent to china uh to speak with the chinese government mm. um and they trotted out bishop ignatius kong so bishop kong was imprisoned by the chinese government by the communists for refusing to swear allegiance to the communists Amen, man. and so he was put in prison and he was kept in prison for over 20 years oh. solitary confinement for most of that mm -hmm. and there's a question as to whether or not Bishop uh, Bishop Kung had had lost his faith if he was still even alive, and so Cardinal Sin was sent as an envoy to wow. China to find out what was going on and to to find out like does this is this bishop like is he is he alive is he still Catholic what's what's happened right and so he went to see him and they weren't allowed to actually speak to each other face to face they were kept at opposite ends of a very big table mm. and so Cardinal Sin recognizing what they were doing that they were very deliberately preventing him from having direct contact with wow. um with bishop kung uh, cardinal sin proposed to the table he said uh, that he, he thought it would be nice if they could if they could sing something and so he stood up and he sang i think he sang the salve regina mm. right so he, he chanted the salve regina in latin and then he sat down and bishop kung stood up at the other end of the table and chanted to us Petrus. So the two S Petrus is you are Peter and on this rock I will build my oh. church. What he was doing was he was communicating to the Pope, the Pope's representative, oh. Cardinal Sin, I am still in union with the Pope. Oh. I have maintained this union with the Pope. Oh my gosh. And some of the Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association uh, bishops who were there and who understood Latin knew what he was doing and they warned the communists what was happening so they trotted him back into prison and kept him there john paul ii then made bishop kung a cardinal in pectore oh, and this is where we the get heart. the name cardinal kung oh. because bishop ignatius kung was made a cardinal in secret wow. until he could finally be released when his release was secured you know where cardinal kung went stanford connecticut stanford connecticut baby mm -hmm. yep that's to live out the rest of his days yeah. So wow. you have this cardinal sin is connected. Anyway, so Cardinal Pierre Battista Pizzaballa yeah. has offered himself yeah. in exchange for the hostages yeah. of Hamas. Yeah. So he's offering now, I don't know if Hamas is going to take him up on, on the offer. Um it's I think just it's a powerful thing. But it's it's a very powerful witness that he's saying, like, send the hostages back to their families and, and I'll go in their place. Like he's yeah. willing to literally put his life on the line and not for nothing. He just got the red hat as a he cardinal. Did. So, but you know what the red hat is all about. Martyr, red, it's martyrdom. about being willing to shed your blood. blood for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. No greater love has a man than this, than he lay he down his life for his friends. Oh, I'm crying. This is so, beautiful. I mean, how powerful is that it's story? It's so beautiful. Right? So this guy being oh, willing to do that is, is standing and witnessing in the face of the power of evil and it is it is beautiful i mean that blows my mind because then how many cardinals are actually at that oh we're going into church politics we don't have to do that how many of them are actually i mean i don't want to judge <laughs> but i don't think i don't think a lot i mean there's yeah. i don't think that the big three in the united states are i can't imagine them doing that mm -hmm. they don't really seem to believe in the gospel yeah that's powerful the red means i'm willing to shed my blood for the gospel wow and he's and he's putting it he's putting it out there wow and wow whether or not they take him up on it if anything happens as a result of that i think you have to admire that because yeah. it, that takes a great deal of courage it does it's powerful and we need witnesses like that i mean yeah that's kind of it's what it is in the face of evil yeah martyrs now we don't like to make comparisons right right because everybody's story is kind of their own and we have to recognize and reverence the unique experience of, of each individual yeah everybody's right? martyrdom is different right and so the, yeah. the like to hold in reverence what uh cardinal pizzaballa is willing to do yeah which is very very powerful but then we could also like again it's not it's not the right thing to do but we could make the comparison like and we're worried about trick-or-treating Oof. Now, again, again, mm -hmm. 
that's I don't mean that as a as a way of minimizing anything, but like yeah. okay, if if we're gonna get all up in arms about trick or treating, right, we better have a leg to stand on with that. Yeah. Right. So that it actually is something serious enough for us to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. He's willing to lay down his life in exchange for hostages to offer himself. Mm-hmm. He's literally putting his blood on the line. Yeah, he is. Okay. Now there's there's something very serious about that. Is this of the same level? And I know that spiritual warfare is a real thing. I believe in it. I know that the powers of the uh, of, of darkness exist in the sense of right. like they're they're attacking us. I know that people have dealt with demonic possession. I don't take anything away from. Yeah, not to minimize that either. But man, hmm. somebody innocently doing something having no context or no conception of it being evil having no evil intent right as, as they do it it's not going to lead them it's not to the same the... it's, but they're also it's not going to lead them into further into that darkness right especially knowing what we know about like our ability to pray for protection and mm-hmm. to enter into the the spiritual lists and so mm-hmm. you know engage and this is what we're really called to do right you know yeah yeah mm-hmm how do you want to prep this up? That's a great question. <laughs> a lot was said. We said many words. We yes. said many, many words. Yes. In that way, we're just like the sin and unsynodality. <laughs> um, we said a lot of words, and some of them might be useful. Some of it, most of it might not. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good chance. <laughs> there was, I saw this, uh, this video way. that said, like, oh, you're worried about the sin and unsynodality? Do you remember the one from like 20 years ago? Neither did I. Don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, but hey, I hope that we got to talk about the thing that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, we did. And it was like, you do know. You, do you feel seen, known, and loved? That's so annoying. Do you feel appreciated and reverenced? I'm getting annoyed. Do you feel valued? <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Thanks, Paula. You're welcome, folks. Sam, thank you for indulging me on the topic. You are indulged. <laughs> this is Verlake the Lamb from Father Sam Pachuba. I'm Paula Pena. God bless you.